Hey everyone, and welcome to Ween Stupid Prizes, the show where we ask the questions that nobody thought were worth asking. I'm Eddie, and I'm joined today by the Two Towers, and they are Alex. Uh, I'll be Isengard. And Jamie. Oh, I gotta be Barador. I get a hot, flamey eye. Okie dokie, you know. I get a bunch of orcs. <laughs> you get torn down by trees, my friend. <laughs> this is a reference to a uh, dystopian past, but uh, we've got to get a different question we've got to answer today. Because, look, there's a lot of dystopian futures, and I'm just not interested in those. I think what we need to figure out today between us is what is the best future? The best future? Yeah, there's a lot of bad ones. Worst is too hotly contested. Hmm. There's some really good bad futures. <laughs> what do you oh, mean? Oh, but is there a good... Is there a good good future? They're kind of boring to write. Well, we can start with a good bad future. We could try uh, The Matrix. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely a good bad future because what's good about The Matrix? You get to do kung fu. What's bad about The Matrix, dude? You get to live in the 90s. Ideal. So (laughs) you have to be Neo in this situation of The Matrix. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah, okay. Um, We're not Neo. So actually... Scrap that one. <laughs> so we're just having a boring, like, office job. If we ever answer the wrong telephone, we get a really rude awakening. <laughs> what the hell? Where am I? Is this not my beautiful house? This is not my beautiful wife? How did I get here? My God, what have I done? Yeah, okay. I hadn't really thought about, like, there are, there are futures where things are bad, but you get to do cool things if you're the main character. But... That's not a good future. <laughs> You're right. So I, I will rescind my answer. No, but does it not depend on which like version of the Matrix you get put into? Because the version we see in the film isn't the first Matrix. Okay, yeah. So the previous one had vampires and werewolves. Okay, wasn't there one before that they just made it like great for humans? Yeah, let's have that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there was something like the architect was like, we had a one that was really good, but then no one fought us back. It was like, okay, well, a bit rude, but... Why do they want to be fought back? I thought it was more just like, it turns out you guys aren't very good at being happy so you need a bit of oppression in your life uh, something like that I would accept happy world yeah I don't know man I use my Bose battery <laughs> if I'm blissfully underwear is that ready player one though without the battery but wait that future's also trash yes but you get to have like a terrible video game with it <laughs> only if you can afford it I thought that it was a way that the poor people were like distracted from their miserable lives in like horrible multiple block towers by logging into the ready player one and I think it was the Oasis are the expensive rig is the one he gets off after becoming like a egg hunter celebrity yeah he becomes the world's worst person very quickly yeah <laughs> oh good after getting all the money oh that's so unrealistic well this is before he's won the full money right he gets like sponsorships or something he get, yeah he gets some sponsorships he gets money somehow from one of the early the early eggs he gets and then eggs eggs <laughs> definitely we could be in ready player one but not be the main character of ready player one who is pretty awful to be honest okay how does that differ from the matrix um uh, you're doing it willingly you're not being actively harvested and you're doing it yeah you're doing it willingly i don't know this just sounds worse than the matrix <laughs> a point. every time you take off the thing you're reminded of the trash future you're in yeah there we go if i'm plugged into the matrix i don't know how trash the future is i just think life is swell there have got to be other ones that do that right well, there's Saint Rose Four, which is Saints Row Four. Saints Row Four, yeah. Saints Rose Fours. Saint Rose Four, where you play as Rose Tycho. But wait, but in Saints Row Four, only the Saints.
brains are alive and the rest of humanity is dead and being a simulation. So we would be a simulation, not ourselves living a simulation? I think we just want to live in a simulation, but like a good simulation. Yeah, can someone make a simulation fiction where it's actually nice, please? <laughs> they tried that in The Matrix. It didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> it would have panned out for me. Why did everyone else go and screw it up? No, 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 David. As the champion of capitalism on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. That's, what the per- that's why it was a perfect world. I was doing the capitalism good. Yeah. Not enough capitalism for it to be a perfect world. No, no, no. Thank you, oh, okay, Go back. Yeah. Go to the 90s hellscape one. Yeah. <laughs> Just be a person plugging away at an office job. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, you're allowed to be a hacker, but if you are, you have to be a, a shit hacker so that you don't get yoinked out of the Matrix. Oh, right. Yeah. You have yeah. to be that guy, that stoner guy at the start of the first Matrix who like gets the hacking off Neo and then goes to clubs and that's about it. Doesn't he get like killed immediately or something? No, he's never seen again, isn't he? Oh, therefore dies off screen. Oh, probably. He probably gets <laughs> his head snapped by a agent or a... Or lives happily ever after. I, what do you call the people from the real world? Uh... A human? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you call the people of the real world? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a pretty sweet like club scene that happens in the second Matrix film, right? Like you could live there. Oh, do you mean, oh, you mean like down real world underground rave in a cave yeah cave rave love a cave rave and like i'm not very good at bare feet on sort of muddy rock it's not really my thing well yeah but you're not bare so you can just use your regular human feet on the muddy rock <laughs> hey. oh, okay yeah good point good hey. point forgot that one <laughs> hmm. what if you were one of the people that got assimilated by uh, agent smith and you got to be hugo weaving <laughs> just a little bit and then you wake up again later oh do you they can pop out of them oh. if, if they don't die you can die though Okay. Oh, okay. They can unassimilate them. I think they can. Right. But normally they're using them in combat and they're getting killed. Okay. I think. Don't they, they teleport between, not teleport, but like jump between people in a bunch of scenes. They definitely like assimilate people, but I can't remember what happens when they unassimilate people. Mm. Yeah, they never really. But mm. I don't think it's going to be a pleasant time. No. Unless you're like backseat, you just backseat that. Like, oh, I'm doing Kung Fu. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Wait, there's a train coming. No, Dio, no. Oh, man, look, Keanu Reeves is here. Get his signature. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Keanu, stop! Well, it's the one who um, Smith jumped into to shoot Keanu at the end of one. And you're like, no, Keanu, no! Why? I didn't want to. Well, that one gets exploded. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you have a good time becoming an Agent Smith. Okay, so you got you just got to live a real boring life in the Matrix. Yeah, but we could just live in a boring life here. And yeah, does anyone have a better idea? I think Matrix didn't work out. <laughs> We've just made the future the present. Wait, maybe the Matrix <laughs> is an analogy for capitalism. Because uh, we're getting turned into one entity. Because we're having our energy used up for our overlords. Oh, we're going political. This is okay. It's, now it's it's win political prizes. Let's go. To be fair, I think if you try hard enough, anything is an analogy for anything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You can make a reading of anything to say this aligns to this worldview. Yeah, pretty much. I bet you could make a connection somehow between that lion in those Narnia books and, like, Jesus or something. That Whoa. Would be- Probably, Whoa. yeah. That'd, that'd be really far-fetched, but I reckon you could. Yeah. <laughs> That's off topic. That's in the past again. So there's definitely some cool cyberpunky futures that we could possibly go to. Again, okay. they're pretty terrible, but at least... Are they also capitalist hellscapes? Are they also the Matrix? <laughs> well, like, Cyberpunk 2077 has 
Keanu Reeves in, so that's possibly a good starting point, but I've never played those games, so I can't really do it. There's also Blade Runner. I like Blade Runner's aesthetic. Like, oh yeah, everything's awful. Yeah. Sort of the sort of cool cityscape pyramid. The cityscape is nice, but again, I don't think it's a nice future to live in. No, unless you're like the 0.1%. Well, so just like in real life then. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Win Politics Prizes Part (laughs) 2. Oh no, I've done it again. It might not even be nice for them. I don't even know. All we see is like dreary people on the streets going to like robot strip clubs or whatever. I don't know. If robot strip clubs exist, maybe it is the perfect future. (laughs) And also killing the robot people because they're not real people. Oh yeah, you can get away with more violence if if when you cut them open they uh, turn out to be robots. <laughs> Murder is okay as long as they were a robot the whole time. Yeah, no, yeah. I've genuinely I've seen media get away with it that way. And although the replicants in the whole point in Blade Runner is the replicants, you can't distinguish until afterwards, right? Yes, and there's something with them like they have like free will or something. Or do they know they're do they know they're replicants themselves? That's like the question in the plot of the first of the first oh, Blade right, Runner, right, right. right? Is them trying to work that out? Yeah, could the main character? to be one who knows is this the franchise that's based on the book do android dream of electric sheep it is yes. banging all right i'm in i haven't read the book nor seen the films but i understand <laughs> enough now it's a, it's a cool book name it is but the, the future is we're just going from hellscape to hellscape yeah i said best future and so far you've given me the absolute capitalist dream and, I, <laughs> and maybe another one yeah oh oh right okay we're not good at this one wait alex yeah it keeps on coming up you like mass effect i do like mass effect i like mass effect i know very little about Mass Effect. I know some crap goes down in, in the Mass Effect games. Things go wrong. Aliens invade and assimilate, kill everyone, whatever. But before then... Before then, the, the universe is quite nice, as long as you're not the humans in the Turian Wars. Right, yeah, okay. So not then. An indentured servant in an Azari planet. Okay, so not there. Got it, yep. Anything affected by the Rachni Wars. A Krogan. Yeah, okay, yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great as long as you don't fall into one of the bad people. Well, one of the people that gets mistreated in this universe. Sorry. So it's like a 20%, 30% bad rate, and then the other like 70 to 80% of people are okay? You could be a cool Solarian scientist who does absolutely no unethical experiments whatsoever. Mm. I love not doing any unethical experiments. It's my favourite pastime. <laughs> Is it just a thing that everything... I think in order to have conflict in a plot, you need to have things that are bad. Otherwise, it's very hard to show show something that needs to be improved. But you can have conflict without everything being trash. Not in the future, you can't. Ah, uh, good point. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Star Trek. Star... Again, the Borg. Right. There's like a tiny, tiny percentage chance of you being part of the plot, right? Yes. Because the, the characters <laughs> in the plot, that's a, such a fractional percentage of humanity. The rest of humanity are living in fully automated luxury space communism. Oh, really? The other really good thing about Star Trek is if it's really, really, really bad, then some time travel shenanigans will happen. Oh. And then you're actually safe oh, because hello. the time travel shenanigans will undo the bad stuff and you'll live in the good future. But will you have trauma from the bad future? No, you kind of forget it unless you've been Captain Janeway and hit that reset button or something yourself. Right. This is some real, like, Doctor Who shit, but bringing Doctor Who would be cheating because he goes to every future. He does go to every future. And all of the futures of humanity are all trash, aren't they? It's like, Uh, new New York, everyone's stuck driving cars. End of the universe, everyone's about to die, and then the master turns you into robot head babies in flying machines. He goes to quite a you like luxury resorts yeah and the conflict comes from like oh no turns out there was a alien here or something 
that space station that abducts people and forces them to play death games on TV is pretty bad. Oh, yeah, the one where they do the weakest link, but they die if they're the weakest link. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. Is that future where they have cured every disease? Admittedly, they have a massive, like, battery-farmed people with every disease. <laughs> <laughs> but they have cured every disease. And if you if you do find yourself on some kind of cool resort or some sort of wacky planet and a British person turns up who sounds like... Run. They came, they Run came like from, like, either British theatre or TV <laughs> and they start sort of acting a bit sort of out of place yeah run just leave yeah run run yeah. run as far as you can yeah leave immediately if not sooner and if they start following you <laughs> oh my word I don't know <laughs> you just need like wanted posters of every single doctor except rather than wanted it's like just just like just avoid just avoid all of these how many there are if you see this man you're part of the plot Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Something they'd have learned by now. I know, you were talking about uh, Star Trek before, right? Tangent to Doctor Doctor Who. I mean, I just, it's nice. I think Star Trek is a really nice, good future, mostly. And yes, there are problems, but the problems get sorted out by people who have, like, often good heads and, like, calm demeanours. And are more competent than me. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a bit weird that Starfleet is, like, a fairly military organisation for exploring. Yeah. But, like, I think that's fine. It's pretty good. They have, like, a don't-get-involved policy, though, for, like, as far as possible a lot of the time. They do, and as far as possible means uh, Captain Kirk will break this at any available opportunity. <laughs> Every time. And will be justified by the plot. I also kind of assume that if you're in a position like that, you kind of have to be military ready because you don't know what you're necessarily going to encounter. Yeah, so th there is, like, it's not we're exploring and we'll always find the good things. There's often, there are bad people out there. There are warlike people out there. Yeah, absolutely, right? There is a Klingon Empire. Yeah. Yeah. which becomes less bad as the series goes on. But, you know, they start out pretty bad, I think. And you have replicators, right? Is that what they're called? But you have replicators. You have fully automated luxury gay space communism. Yeah, I didn't include that earlier because I didn't know. I'm not aware enough to know if that's included in the quote. I mean, there's a lot of Kirk X-Bock fan fiction, but I, I don't <laughs> think the actual... Yeah, no, well, I, didn't, I didn't not include it because I didn't want to. I didn't include it because I don't know enough about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I think as progressive it was for the time, like it had like the first interracial kiss on television and stuff like that. Oh, cool. I don't think there was much gay stuff in Star Trek. I expect they were probably hindered a bit by the time to an extent. Yes. Yeah, there's new stuff and I, it might be there. Who knows? Like, Discovery? I don't think it was actively homophobic, which is good. Yeah. Don't ever be actively homophobic. For the time it came out, we'll absolutely take it. <laughs> take this. And hey, it also includes our early thing with getting to do cool simulated stuff with the holodeck. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so we get the best of both worlds. You can you can go and do kung oh, fu. The best of both worlds is actually a really bad thing. That's the episode where um, Picard becomes part of the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, there must be a Star Trek episode named after almost any idiom I could have said. Yeah, all good things. I think is the last Next Generation episode. <laughs> I can't I can't remember. I, I don't have an encyclopedia of all the Star Trek episodes in my head, but like, there's definitely quite a lot of idioms that get used. Um, you know, it sounds like some kind of encounter at first point sure <laughs> but the life of a basic person in the star trek universe is 
automated AI utopia. Yes, unless you get borged or unless you are part of the Klingon Empire where it's more fight a lot. Okay. But that's all on the fringe yeah. or away from, like most humans, most of us are going to be doing pretty good. Yeah, most of the humans, they're all right. Or you can go and join Spock in the Vulcan Club and again, have a good time. I mean, I kind of associate with that. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. The Vulcans <laughs> seem pretty reasonable. Yeah, I associate with having a good time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm talking about the their approach to things. I'm, I'm okay with that. Fully logic-based society. No, I'm, I'm purely focused on the, the last thing that was said. <laughs> Not the implication. Okay, so we, f- we found one good one. We found one good future. Is that going to be the end of this episode? All right, good start. <laughs> We've got an answer that could win. Are there any other okay futures out there? I think my problem with Star Trek is just a bit dull, to be honest, from the sound of it. Because there's no conflict. Unless you're doing the fun things, yeah. Mm, and it's dangerous, you know. But the holodeck, how's the holodeck dull? You're like, oh, I'm bored today. I'm going to go and have an adventure. Yeah. It's on ships. It's not. Is it on planets? I assume they're bigger on planets. I assume it would be on planets. Or is it specifically like a military training thing and so it only gets used as part of their organization? No, because Picard uses it to go and like have an adventure or... I can't remember what he does. Yeah, they have like period dramas in it or like they go and do a, a Western or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of period dramas in it. Janeway becomes becomes best friends with Leonardo da Vinci and uses him as like a sounding board for her problems. So yeah, there's lots of good things you can do with the holodeck. But she's actually just using the holodeck as in the AI as a sounding board. Yeah, yeah, the AI as a sounding board. Not Leonardo da Vinci. No. The robots have ultimate control over everything. But it's like it's like a rubber duck. Yeah. Except it looks like Leonardo da Vinci. You can talk to it, bounce ideas off it. It's like talking to ChatGPT, but good. Mm. <laughs> I'm skeptical. The holodeck with ChatGPT would be awful. <laughs> interesting. Awful, yeah. Also, Phil answers. What should I do? I can't tell you because that would be bad against my programming. You know, my grandmother used to tell me how I should shoot the Klingons. Hmm, yes, dearie. Well, you should aim the main deflector dish at the cyborg bow. Also, like, I know there are problems caused by uh, sort of the Borg or the Klingons or whatever, but most, like, interpersonal things are solved by just all of the tech they've got, right? Like, you can still have, like, fallings out, but you're not going to be, like, jealous of your neighbors whatever when a replicator can just give it to you. Unless your neighbor is data and you're like, hey, I want to be a cool robot too. Why can't I be a cool robot? <laughs> he goes to the replicator and go make me a robot uh, body. <laughs> and no one knows how data works. Um, does data know how data works? I don't think so. Or does data's creator know how data works? Look, the one thing of that of that season I know, I, well, I remember the most is the movie at the end of it. And they they find another data, I think. And no one knows how data works. For those of you who haven't seen Star Trek, data is an android. Yeah, and he wants to be understanding humans and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if anyone really knows how, how it's working out with data. Um, but you could, be, you could maybe be a robot if you want to be a robot. So, we, we found a good one. Star Trek, good. Yes, fantastic. Stop the episode here. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's find a really bad one. Oh, for comparison. Just to call back from the first episode, um, Alien. Oh. It's like everything <laughs> opposite of Star Trek. Oh, so you're going to be getting... You get yeeted by an alien, or you get yeeted by space capitalism. It's bad. <laughs> a callback to episode one, our strongest episode. <laughs> you're between a rock and a hard place. 
you get on a ship. If you turn around, you have to go back and be a slave to the Wayland Utani Corporation or whatever. And if you go forwards into space, you get eaten by alien or get used as bait for alien by predator. It's like you gotta just hope that you're one of the people who gets sent out on like a decades long space trip. And so for those decades, you're having a great time. Yeah. Or you get sent to any of the other places people have been sent that don't have aliens on them. Nah, they're all aliens. It's all aliens all the way down. There. <laughs> I mean, on the ones we've seen, it has been a hundred percent hit rate. So I know, right? I mean, they don't really show you the ones that don't have aliens in to be fair oh that would be the coolest movie it's, it's called like aliens colon peacetime or whatever and they just get there aliens colon nothing happens <laughs> you get there they do all the like sort of cinematic uh, tricks of like sort of suggesting aliens as these weird egg shaped stones and everyone's a bit freaked out and then they just chill and do some science and there's no aliens they're just normal stones I can imagine the reviews for this I think that would make an excellent movie you're right yeah it's just a feel good <laughs> slice of life Maybe it should be an anime. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about aliens and space, and I know what you're going to say, but before you say it, what about Warhammer 40k? Okay, do you mind if I say it? Okay, say it. In the grim, dark <laughs> future... Yeah, but that's from the human's perspective. There is only war. <laughs> well, that's from the human perspective. What if you're like... No, no, there is only war for literally every race all the time, everywhere. What if you're an Eldar that disappears into the webway and that's it, you just disappear forever. Job done. Aren't you constantly under attack by Dark Elder? Uh, I, I, and oh. your race is dying and you're tempted by the sexy Selenesh demons. Yeah, I mean, the sexy Selenesh demons are pretty good. Who are going to eat your soul. There's a lot of temptation in the Warhammer universe. Okay, depends on what you're into. Some people might be okay with it. They'll just give in to whichever curse demon they're into and have the best life. There we go. Chaos demons. Perfect. I would simply give in to the temptation. Look, I would just want to... Look, I've got a low percentage chance, but if I can if I can roll the dice and hit Necron, who still has their personality and is therefore a, some kind of leader in the Necron form, is bingo no fleshy body to deal with cool robot skeleton aesthetic basically a pharaoh okay so you've picked one of the smallest races i think oh no they're they're, they're, ma- they're massively populous but like are they? most of them are soulless robots yeah <laughs> i hate to do this because i think this derails the entire episode but i'd like to bring in the holodeck exception the holodeck exception everything you just said could be done on a holodeck oh geez you're right okay yeah and i can even pick my character for once yeah so i can pick to be the one I wanted to be. Alright, look, we're getting dangerous to me wanting to throw out Star Trek for being too good. <laughs> just be, like, I could just do anything I want if we just picked Star Trek. Ah, uh, in the holodeck I could be a, I could be a Necron and the Necron could be plugged into the Matrix in the holodeck and then I could be doing Kung Fu as a Necron as a human. Last time it was just the three of us on an episode. I had to throw out a bunch of answers for anime bullshit. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> I mean uh, I, I will say there, there was an anime suggested by Bear who couldn't be here behind the curtain a little bit. He wanted us to talk about Gurren Lagan, which is great fun, but also humanity is oppressed and kept under the thumb of, a, of like an imperial yoke to stop them becoming too powerful because the aliens get attracted and wipe out life if that happens. So there's, there's your anime bullshit you can throw out. Yeah, but if you just believe in the future that believes in you, then or believe in the future, you believe in the you that believes in the future to be the best future. I don't know. I get, yeah. If you just believe in it, you'll be fine. But there's, there's the anime stuff you want to throw out. I've presented, I've presented one up, now you can just bat it, knock it out of the park, and we can get on to other answers. Ah, see, the problem here is I actually like Gurren Lagann. So do I. 
Oops. <laughs> but it's still anime BS. Yeah, but it's unapologetically anime BS, right? That's the whole point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not a good future, though. Yeah, but you can fit, like, a three-meter-long sword in a one-meter scabbard. That's pretty good. I don't know what the future is like afterwards. Where it ends might end up being a good future, after they've fought the big spiral monster. Where they destroyed, like, half the universes by just yeeting them around? Yeah, but not the bit the humans were in. I don't know that you can guarantee that. I mean, they were like, weren't they like standing on the Milky Way and, and whacking each other with other ones? I mean, they end up being able to yeet the universe, or sorry, the galaxies. So, yeah. spoilers for Gurren Lagann, they yeet galaxies. Yeah, I've never seen Gurren Lagann. Like, this could be all made up and I wouldn't be none the wiser. It's so dumb and it's a lot of fun. They get mechs to pilot bigger mechs, to pilot bigger mechs that combine yep. to fight a monster powered by spiral energy that's stopping humanity from getting too technologically advanced. Pretty much. Fantastic. I'm in. Oh, and that's just the, like the back tenth. Yeah, that's like the last two episodes. <laughs> but the, the actual future for an average Joe human, which I am, is probably awful because humanity's mostly wiped out. It starts by living in random underground cities, right? Yeah, I, I think I've seen that bit. And there's just very few people. It doesn't seem like a good livelihood at the beginning. Well, there's that middle bit when they escape the underground. Oh, but like the time skip. Yeah, like post time skip, but pre one million apes or whatever the category was. They seem to have a pretty good go of it. They've got nice futuristic cities. Everyone seems pretty chill. The Mexico. Mexico. I forget if there's some allusion to. I don't think there's any like major problems. Like I'm sure they talk about crime rates being low and things like this, and it's just that everyone's like the main characters are just a bit like everything's going well, man. If only there was some excitement in my life. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh boy, have I got some news for you when you hit one million people. <laughs> what about post-instrumentality Evangelion? Oh. So that is when everyone has been merged into a superhuman, like, gloop of LCL fluid and... Everyone's consciousness has just absorbed into one existence. Yeah, yeah, we're living in a combined absorbed consciousness. We've all become the soup. We've all become the soup. Mm. I mean, one of the endings of Sid Meier's Beyond Earth is becoming, like, a consciousness thing, but I think you keep your bodies like a hive mind. I don't know if I want... That. Would a hive mind be any fun to be in? Depends on what you're into. Yeah, I mean, we're in the hive mind. That's great. I think if you are the hive mind. Mm. Bear's also in the hive mind and Bear's got all these like wacky ideas that he keeps distracting the hive mind with. Elon Musk is in the hive mind. No, he isn't. He didn't. He's he's off in his own special space station. Yeah, there's a special hive mind for Twitter Blue subscribers. They can go there, <laughs> and then everyone else gets their own hive That's mind. That's not going to date the episode. <laughs> well, we don't know, do we? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't know if Twitter Blue will exist in the future. Yeah. How long is Twitter going to last? Two minutes? Two seconds? True. It might date the episode. We have no idea. Well, it's only it, it's only a. When the fuck does this episode come out? <laughs> uh, oh, it's like a couple months away. All right, fair enough. Well, you know. Well, if this joke has become irrelevant because everyone's now on qwertyop.xyz, then don't blame me. It's all right, because Twitter's too big to fail. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Hello, listener. Do you like Magic the Gathering? Well, then come and check out our stream. Every Thursday, we stream Magic the Gathering on our Twitch channel, Hexagogon Live. We swap between Elves All the Way Down, where Jamie jams elves in every format, and you can learn how to build or beat an Elves deck, and Draft of the Week, where we play the most exciting limited format available at the time. It's always a blast watching us lose at Magic. Wait, lose? I mean, almost win at Magic. That's Thursdays at 8pm UK time on twitch.tv slash hexagon live, or just click the link in the description. And now, back to whatever I just interrupted. 
Right, I've got another one, and we're going somewhere else. I, I, I am obligated to bring card games into everything. Sure. Okay. That's my brand. I'm the card game guy. I'll allow it. And while I only know about this indirectly, I've read around it a little bit, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm in. Has some animes. Right. Now, obviously, the first season is kind of modern, like like modern day. Yeah, it's yeah. approximately modern day. However, after that, it goes into the future a bit, and then the next one goes into the future quite a bit, and then it goes into... And, like, it just jumps forward into like different futures of that Yu-Gi-Oh world. Yeah. In a lot of them, having card game duels becomes the central focus of society. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's true. And in one of them, to the point where they generate an energy source that powers an entire city based off dueling energy, or NRD, and D stands for duel. Okay, wait, hang on. The, the city is powered on dueling energy? Yes. Wow. It really is season two of Win Stupid Prices. This is like the Matrix, but instead of being powered by... By human batteries, yeah. Yeah. You're being powered by dueling. Playing duels, yeah. Is this the Card Games on Motorcycles one? It is the Card Games on Motorcycles series. <laughs> card Games on Motorcycles. Uh, and you go, you win the, you get speed boosts and different things based off the things you're doing. The other bits around the future aren't that great, though, because there's like a very like stratified society and the people who get to live in the big city compared to the slums. There's a lot of that nonsense going on. But everything is powered by Card Games yours. I mean, there is, so there is some like capitalist bullshit going on in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. The Kyber Corporation. Yeah, but for the most part, like Kaiba and even Pegasus, I mean, basing this mostly off of the uh, first, the original Yu-Gi-Oh anime, because the bit that I know, hmm. they use their incredible and vast wealth to hold large card game tournaments yeah. with lucrative <laughs> prizes. Yeah, it's great. And you know what? If more capitalists in today's world did that, I think the world would be a better place. Oh, also <laughs> in a in a further on future after the one with the horrible stratified society, there's a society where where duels are the main form of entertainment, but they happen in holographic arenas where you have to run around and like pick up bonus cards and stuff and summon your monsters to help with like I know the early Yu-Gi-Oh has the holographic field in the middle but the, the later ones has it where the characters can actually like run around in the arena and sort of not join in they don't actually get hit or whatever but like yeah. they get to like get to participate it's the main form of entertainment still oh, that's cool this is after NAD so I assume that's still a thing I don't know <laughs> it probably caused an apocalypse to be honest knowing how these things work at the end of that era yeah, it was probably like, actually, using all this dual energy is bad for some reason. Oh, and also... I do believe the era with the motorbikes and energy does result in a villain who travels back in time to assassinate Pegasus so that dual monsters is never created so that the future that causes that the future that causes that he is from never happens. Right. <laughs> That's peak anime. Time travel bullshit happens, you're saying? Yeah, time travel bullshit, yeah. You know, it's already pretty peak anime when it's like, all right, oh, no, the main character cannot win no matter what happens. And they go, it's all right. I drew card that says you win the video game. So <laughs> yeah. I guess I win the video game instead. Easy. Look, he's the pharaoh. He's not allowed to lose. Yeah. The perfect card. I, uh, no one could have predicted it. Always the perfect card. I mean, that's episode one of Yu-Gi-Oh, isn't it? I drew Exodia. I win lol. My grandfather's deck has no pathetic uh, cards. Yeah, but I mean, he had, the, yeah, he had to draw five pathetic cards ahead of time. And then he's like, oh, my grandfather's deck has no pathetic cards. I just haven't drawn the combo piece yet. Yeah. And Exodia is limited to one per deck, well, one per piece per deck to this day for no reason. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's just, just a world built around my favorite pastime, card games. You know what? I'm about it. It seems all right. I find it weird that there's no competing card games to Yu-Gi-Oh, but I guess that that's because Dual Monsters creates this energy source 
this and magic doesn't. Yeah, or like it's because it's actually an elongated toy commercial for a card game they want to sell and admitting they have competitors might eat into their market. It's probably worth pointing out that magic does exist in Yu-Gi-Oh! world, but not Magic the Gathering, just real magic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey, look, I can maybe... If people are into their card games, maybe I can get people to try out some magic as well. And it, whether it dis- creates energy or not, who who knows? Everyone's just really into their card games. Are there game designers in Yu-Gi-Oh? There must be. Or did it just come up from the Egyptian past? No, because only some of the things from the Egyptian past are carried over. So Pegasus has a team of game designers that are also... So bringing in the dragon magic. I'll get on that team. <laughs> I don't think it's ever really explained. I don't think it ever really matters, you know? <laughs> no, I, mm. I, I have a feeling that the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime is not interested in this question. <laughs> They're not interested in most of its world building. They knew what story they were telling and they told it. And that was it. They didn't think any more about it. <laughs> and I will get a motorcycle license so I can do uh, card games on motorcycles. Is the motorcycles integral to gaining this dueling energy or is it just rule of cool? I don't know. I think that all the jewels in that season are motorcycle jewels because they wanted to add a thing into it. I assume people can have jewels off their bikes because the cards still work. The speed cards don't, based on how fast you're going, but the rest of them do. I think that's a bit unsafe, and I think there might be more motorcycle accidents than maybe the anime <laughs> gives credit for. I actually don't know if they have any accidents in the anime because I haven't actually seen much of it. I've Googled the question, why do they ride motorcycles in Yu-Gi-Oh? And the one-line answer that Google gives me is, the bikes add an element of dexterity and danger danger to the jewels. Hmm. That's it. Okay, yeah. This is how we fix driving. We should go back to the past. <laughs> we fix driving by making people play Pokemon TCG as they drive. <laughs> oh, you want to go on a train? Well, I've got I've got flesh and blood for you. And planes, they get magic. You want to go on a train? You got to be a good trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's because they're racing at the same time on the bikes. They're having a race while they're having a duel. However, the race ends when the duel ends and whoever wins the duel wins the race. So the race doesn't actually matter. So is it like chess boxing where the race will, the duel will end early if you win the race? No, the, no, the, the, the race ends when the duel ends. So it's chess boxing, but you can only lose to checkmate. The race has no stakes whatsoever. So it's like you are boxing, but as soon as someone's chess clock runs, out and the duel ends therefore the boxing match is also over so i guess if you crash your bike you get a disqualification you can no longer play cards i think if you crash the bike you just gotta wait quite a while for the next turn (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're doing chess boxing you get you get a ko and you sit down and then you just wait for like you wait for them to make their turn (laughs) and they just never do and you're like oh (laughs) like stalemate i guess you just get stalled out by your opponent crashing well that's why they have chest locks in it they should they should had dual clocks. I mean, I mean, all of all of the proper competitive versions of these games do include clocks. However, I don't think it's ever been re- it's ever come up or been relevant in an anime. <laughs> That's the thing. You have the anime episode where, like, Yugi's like, "Aha, aha, Pegasus! I'm going to win on time." <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, there's a chess anime where exactly that happens. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of it, but then Yuri on Ice was a thing, and that's that's an ice skating anime. So, and did that have chess clocks in it? No. <laughs> Outrageous. What a waste of time. I think we've we've gone too much on this chess thing, though. Yeah. Can I bring us back 
with another suggestion. Sure. Absolutely not. I'm going to cull this out. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, no, Yu-Gi-Oh has already won. Not, it's fine. I'm Yu-Gi-Oh not, has won. I'm going to play a worse card game for the rest of my life. However, I'm going to play a card game for the rest of my life. Good, yeah. All right. Can I redefine future as in the future of a media and thus bring in the series Avatar The Legend of Korra as a future for the Avatar series that is mostly good apart from, you know, the bad things that happen in the plot? Oh, that one's out of left field. That one is out of left field. So you're saying the present is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. And the future is Legend of Korra. Yes, the sequel series. It's not really a future for us, though, is it? It's not. It's a very different world. However, it's pretty great. But isn't there, like, isn't the most populated place in the world, like, a police state? (laughs) Uh, It's not a police state. It's just a state with police in it. It's a police... This feels like a, I'd like to talk about Avatar The Legend of Korra. How can I crowbar this into the episode? <laughs> and you know what? I respect it. It's funny, funny how like it's like, hey, one of the main characters is, a, is like the chief of police and she's sympathetic, but she's one of the main authority figures in the city. Yeah, it's fine. It's a cool place, but like there's a lot of problems in that world. Such as? <laughs> well, okay. For starters, if you live in, what's it called? What's the city called? Republic City. Republic City. It seems every other week something something's happening you've got the anti-bending terrorists one week you've got uh, the get rid of all the rulers people the next week you've got the I'm going to bring the spirits into the world in between those two and then the spirits turn up and kill everyone oh then you've got the new earth empire invading everywhere yeah yeah that's plot stuff just constantly you have a house and now your house is half tree and there's a weird <laughs> monster spirit thing living in it that's going to try and kill you when when the guy combines with the evil avatar it's fine. I don't see a problem with this. This is just its just normal plot stuff. Adds a little bit of excitement to your life, you know. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. You get running water. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, you get a city that's not on fire. Sometimes. You get hope. <laughs> Good one. Okay, sorry. You get a fairly stable place. Do you get bending powers? You could be a bender. What percentage? What's my percentage chance of being a bender? That's a good question, and also a strange Google. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, how much I like this answer is is based on how likely I am to be a bender. There is a question on the Avatar wiki, but it's just a guess. But people are saying twenty percent. Oh. oh, okay, I'll take it. But the Air Nomads were a hundred percent, so I don't see how that one works. But they got wiped out, so it's back down to twenty percent. They got wiped out. It's fine. That's why they got wiped out. hundred percent Airbender is too strong. I unfortunately have a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. We are but normal people, and there's one character in that show who's just normal people. Oh, but no, wait, no, they're from the first Avatar. I was thinking of the guy whose cabbage cart gets knocked over every time you see him. This is true. I would simply not be a cabbage salesman. Okay, so don't be a cabbage salesman. <laughs> I'll play, I'll play. Yep, no, you got me. Just don't be a cabbage salesman. Got it. You have successfully undermined the question. Thank you. And if I may continue this undermine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because Star Wars is specifically set a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. So imagine how good it is now, given the technology they had a long time ago. Ooh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think now is now. Imagine how good it will be in the future, given how good it was a long time ago. There we go, nailed it. Just splice that in, Eddie. One take Eddie every time. <laughs> one take Eddie. I think technological progress stops at some point in the Star Wars universe, mostly. Why? It seems to go backwards sometimes. Mm, I guess, yeah, all right. From the prequels to the sequels, it does seem to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> in the Knights of the Old Republic, 
they have basically the same technologies. And that's like thousands of years beforehand. And that's thousands of years ago. Interesting. Have they plateaued? Have this the Star Wars universe plateaued? Like we invented the lightsaber and then we stopped. We removed the battery pack you had to wear on your waist. And once we removed that, we just, that's it. We got there. We invented the lightsaber, realized we nailed it and stopped. Yeah. I mean, I guess they made the Death Star. Yeah, okay. Yes. But I don't think that's really a good thing. But there are also steps backwards because there was the Celestial Forge or whatever they had in, in Knights of the Republic. Oh, yeah. The Sun Forge or whatever. Yeah. Which was just a thing that kept printing out big spaceships of doom from the precursor civilization. Forever. Not canon. They might recanonize that. They're so popular. They've recanonized Revan existing. Who? The the big bad of the first Knights of the Republic game. Aye. He's so popular, they've recanonized his existence, I believe. One of the big problems with Star Wars is how easy it is for empires to happen. Yeah, it does <laughs> seem to be a kind of sticking point, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like something happened between episode six and the First Order just showing up and going, hey, we're kind of in charge now. And everyone's like, yeah, no, we're used to this. Yeah, that sounds right. Between each set of trilogies, the empires completely collapse and rebuild in the space for about 20 years, which is quite quick, I think. Yeah. And everyone also forgets. It's like, oh, the Jedi, they're myth. I don't believe in the Jedi, says guy who was... Is a Jedi. (laughs) Says guy who was probably alive just about when the Jedi were around still. Uh, I mean... But maybe they were far enough away from them that they didn't know about mm. it. That's sad. Mm. Back to the Future. Oh, oh. yeah. So, like, that's <laughs> I've been avoiding Back to the Future the whole time. Not going to lie. But we got a segue there. Oh, no, that was a good segue. Let's go with that. Right. So Back to the Future. <laughs> okay, fine. Back to the Future with Back to the Future. <laughs> Wait a second. This probably doesn't matter. It probably still counts. But Back to the Future is now in the past. True. But it was the future at the time. It was, yes. It was the future. And we've already undermined the question, so I'm going to allow it. Also, I would like to mulligan and go to that future instead, please. <laughs> I was going to oh, say, yeah. Yeah. which 2015 would you prefer? Hmm. Well, 20, like, 2015 <laughs> was like the end of some good time. No, not everything was good, but some things have seemed to have gone downhill since then. Let's put it that way. But yeah, you've got you've got hoverboards. Yeah. That's cool. I know, I know they're not actually very important to society, but that's cool. You've got really bad... 3D adverts for Jaws 17. Ooh. That sounds cool. Do you love a good Jaws 17? It is a corporate hellscape as well, isn't it? Just, just, it's sort of, it's a parody one, so it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun corporate hellscape. They, like, have sponsorships back in the home and stuff. There are still diners and stuff like that, right? I think so, yeah. Like, I remember him going to a diner and, like, trying to go to an arcade machine. How much do a soda cost in 2015 Back to the Future? <laughs> that's how you That's how you uh, judge how well things are going. So we can measure the inflation rate versus our own inflation. That's one of my criteria. I thought it was way more money than he had but google is suggesting it was only two dollars wow do they see multiple different futures like they go to the future because this is two right two yeah in one they go to the past and they have to get back to the future and in three they go to western times so it's two's the one where they go to the future two's the one where they go to the future and they go to the future they see what it's like then they go back in time back to the current present and then biff gets the sport things biff gets the armagnac that has like all the not the armagnac (laughs) gets just a strong drink <laughs> but then they go back to the future they go back back to the future future and things have changed because biff has made himself rich and then that future's awful right yes that future is awful because biff is donald trump that's the corporate hellscape yes okay it's hard to discuss this game sometimes because the game it's hard to discuss this movie sometimes it's this game you know back to the future the video game for the atari 2600 no but by, by telltale they did a back to the future oh they also did a back yeah yeah 
It's hard, but it's hard to discuss, like, oh, they went back to the future, but I mean, they went back to the future future, not the present future, because they were in the past. They went back to the back to the future future. Yes. Okay, I've got three answers for you on how much a soda cost in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, while, while we're just going all over the place. I was very much clocked out of that conversation. That's okay, we were just riffing while you were getting an answer. We just said the word Back to the Future a lot of times. All right, I've, so I've got three answers for you. Yeah. In the film, it's $2. Yeah. In the novelization, it's $45. <laughs> and in real life, <laughs> when they released Pepsi Perfect in real life, it's just over $20. Wait, what? $20? Oh, they released like a limited edition. Yeah, there is a limited edition version called Pepsi Perfect, which was the... Uh, and they made it cost $20. And it cost $20. Came in a fancy bottle. How much Pepsi Perfect did you get? Um, Not much, based on this. <laughs> I don't think I'd pay $20 for any drink. Let alone Pepsi Perfect. I mean, it's just like, you know, limited editions, bottle. It's a reference to Back to the Future. It's a unique bottle. It is a unique bottle. It looks like some people have kept them in, like, sealed. Like how you keep some, like, collectibles in, in sealed things. So they only released 6,500 bottles at $20 each. That's a lot of money they've made. Well, let's find out. Let's do maths live on the show. <laughs> well, you've got to have the R&D to make sure Pepsi Perfect is perfect. Otherwise, what's the point? That's honestly not that much money given the time and effort for a company of Pepsi size to make. If they truly only made six and a half thousand bottles of it and they sold it at $20 a pop, they made $130,000, which isn't that much for Pepsi cards. No, that's not that much for Pepsi. Mm. They should get into the printing limited edition magic cards game. They should have sold it at the price from the novelization. Yeah. Doubled their profits. Yeah, a quarter of a mil. Was the person writing the novelization trying to make a point about the future that the movie just didn't. Presumably. The movie was like, yeah, $2, whatever. It's $2. That's a lot of money. As a kid. <laughs> the novelization is like, aha, dystopia. How much did a Pepsi actually cost in 2015? Now we're going to find out. That, that, that is the important number. Well, at like a KFC or something, I'm sure it would have cost much more than it would cost in a supermarket or something like that. And it, he was like buying it at a diner, right? I looked for Pepsi cost 2015 and it's just people talking about Pepsi Perfect and how it costs $20.15. Oh, it costs 2015. It costs 2015. Uh, You're right. I didn't quite grok that. Now that excuses it. That's fine. Buy a 2015 bottle. That that makes everything good. That's why from now on when I buy a drink, I'm going to play £20.23. Jeez. <laughs> like I just want a can. I've got an answer how much Pepsi costs today. Okay, yeah. How much does Pepsi cost today? Well, I can get like two litre bottles for like a couple of quid. Basically like about a pound and a half, which is less than $2. Oh, so, so we're doing better than... Pepsi is cheaper. So inflation is better even at that $2 price point. Pepsi inflation. Specifically Pepsi inflation. Pepsi inflation. Yeah. Pepsi inflation is something you probably don't want to Google. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, don't. Yeah, but don't. you'll be pleased to know that <laughs> specifically for the inflation of Pepsi, we did better than Back to the Future Future did. Hooray. Okay. Congratulations. But for us, for the number of Jaws movies we've had, we did worse. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws inflation through the floor. <laughs> I'd just like to say that there is another piece of media that uses a flux capacitor to go into the future. Okay. There's no other media than movies. But this future is the year 3000, where not much has changed, but they live underwater. Oh my God. And your great, great, great granddaughter <laughs> is pretty fine. Wait, no, don't hit on my granddaughter. Jeez. No, no, she's just pretty fine. She's doing, she's doing all right. She's fine. Oh, she's, oh, she's doing doing fine. Okay, got it. Yeah, she's doing fine. Uh, question on that water thing. Yeah. Was that climate change? 
I, I genuinely don't think the busted were thinking about that. Yeah, I don't think busted were thinking about climate change. Like sea levels have have risen. We live in little bubbles under the sea. Oh god, it's SpongeBob. I think it was just living underwater is cool. We do know that people can just swim around town like it's no thing. From the iconic line, "Triple-breasted women swimming around town totally naked." Yeah, yeah. They have a much better and healthier relationship with with nudity and understanding that kind of thing. Apparently. Body mods are cool, I guess. Yeah. That or evolution took a weird turn. <laughs> yeah, or, or, yeah, evolution or body mods or mutations have gone weird. Very short term evolution as well. A thousand years is a very fast time for evolution. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to body mods. Probably, yeah. I think it's a total recall thing. Yes. Yeah. It also turns up in hitchhikers, I think. Or that might be six. Fair enough. I think there are probably a handful of references in there for things they happen to have watched recently. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't remember all the lyrics. Like I remember the lyrics that the two of you have currently quoted uh, but I don't know them. what other cool things does this future hold for us we pretty much nailed it everyone bought Busted 7th album and it outsold Michael Jackson it went multi-platinum in fact didn't it yeah wait only 7 albums they bought their 7th album that implies their 7th album was their most popular one regardless of whether uh, it, yeah. yeah. also everyone buying an album is a pretty big deal yeah right name another album that everyone has bought yeah it's like people like starving children in Africa are like oh I finally scrounged together enough money to buy some food and water actually no I'm gonna buy busted seventh album <laughs> or does it actually suggest that the world economy has balanced itself such that everyone can afford luxury items such as busted seventh album oh so they can afford it yeah. oh that's good <laughs> or did they hand it out real cheap to inflate sales numbers yeah it's true it's like everyone bought that U2 album was it a U2 album that they sent on iTunes to people oh was they just handed out like, yeah they technically handed out like a free game on Epic where suddenly the number of people who own the game just spikes. <laughs> yeah, but they added it to everyone's iTunes library, so everyone got this new U2 album synced to their iPod and people were angry. Well, some people were angry. <laughs> I would be angry. Like, I don't have an iPod. <laughs> I had space on this iPod. I was using it. I'm looking through the lyrics quickly. Yeah. There's a lot of repeats, as songs do. Like, they mostly cover the same cool things. It's year 3000... They're living underwater. Your descendant is doing pretty okay. Uh, the album. Uh, oh, and, the, and, the, and there's, yeah, the swimming around water. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, I think I've covered everything they tell us about the future. Yeah, it's not a long song. Does the music video show us more stuff? I'm genuinely gutted that when I searched Year 3000, clicked on lyrics, and I went, this isn't exactly right. What's wrong? Oh, it's the Jonas Brothers cover. Oh. And I was like, what do you mean? Also Kelly Clarkson. No, that's not right. Also Michael Jackson. Oh, I won the Jonas Brothers edition. Why? 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 <laughs> yeah, your great-great-great-granddaughter is pretty fine. Not doing fine. Yeah. Pretty, comma, fine. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, quick look at the video. I would not trust that kid with the time machine and that car. Do you think Doc Brown had a great car? That DeLorean was not the best car in the world. But the doors open upwards. You make a good argument. Talking about cool cars, I almost decided to suggest iRobot just because the the cool <laughs> Audi car that they made for the movie. <laughs> just for the car. I don't like the movie. There's a really cool Audi in that movie that like hovers. I didn't want a robot person assistant. I didn't want everyone to have robots or AI to be like help running a lot of stuff. No, I just wanted no, the car. No, just want a cool car. <laughs> the aesthetic can make me look past the corporate hellscape just like with Blade Runner. <laughs> All right, good idea. When are we going? <laughs> yeah, when are we going? So the year 3000, 
doesn't. Yeah, it turns out this song is way more um, shallow than I realised for what it actually covers. <laughs> Look, that just means that there's so little going on in the future. Everything must be calm as hell. That these are the most important things to like bring back. Yeah, it's like yeah, lived underwater. Uh, people were swimming around town like, naked. It's pretty good. Uh, your great granddaughter's doing well. That's good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everything that had changed. Really, <laughs> I'm okay with like body positivity, but I don't want like to be going like oh, I'm gonna go and get my groceries and then bear swims past and I see his junk or something. But it's all right because he will also see your junk during the process. Yeah. yeah. Like I've gone to an onsen spa with friends but I had my glasses off because it was in the water so I didn't get to see shit. This is information. <laughs> <laughs> this will be on the quiz. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't mean to specifically call it but I just felt like Bear's the one who would try and get me to see it like the rest of you two would like just swim past or whatever and just be like casual and then Bear would like just directly swim in front of my face I still think that in a in a nudity positive setting that would be crossing a line okay just forcing it would be crossing a line but getting just seeing normally would be normal yeah, so yeah okay yeah no I buy that great 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 granddaughter yeah. It's not a long time. That's five generations. Yeah. <laughs> Look, human lifespan just got real good. That makes the average time that people have had kids 200 years. Yeah. Give or take. That's pretty good. And if we can do that, future's excellent. I mean, it could be that we have like a few normal generations and then suddenly we like cure aging or something. Oh, right. And yeah. then people don't have kids much. So you're saying that we're all going to die and then at some point they're going to cure aging and we couldn't live forever and we're going to just miss out on that. I think that is the problem with the future. Hmm. I did once hear a quote that said like, we will not live forever, but people who are being born now will be or something. And it's like, um, with the way the future's gone since I heard that quote, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've got some other diseases to cure before they cure aging. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, start with the small stuff. Start with the small stuff. Like aging. <laughs> I will cure death itself. <laughs> All right. I didn't specifically shout any of us out as judge. So uh, which one do you want to give it to? <laughs> yeah, this is a collaborative effort. Yeah. I mean, this is a, there's no one winning. We're all winning. We're all getting the best future. I think Star Trek could clinch it just because of the holodeck. Star Trek's so close to getting kicked out because of the holodeck. So that means it wins, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you could do Bastards Year 3000 in the holodeck. Exactly. Does the holodeck have good AI for um, card games? Actually, the holodeck <laughs> is a little bit creepy. The holodeck could be, like, looking and judging at you if you, like, I just want to go to the Year 3000 by Bastard, please. Oh, is that because you want to look at the triple-versed women again? Oh, I'm going to tell your boss. <laughs> hey, I just get snarky. Oh, what, like, if, like if you go to the holodeck for any of your kinks, you're like feeling like it's silently judging you. Yeah. I actually think it's appropriate, even though he's not here. Because Bear likes to make the we're in season two of Winston Prizes joke, which we're not. This show just doesn't have seasons. Oh, we avoided it. We avoided it so well. Uh, no, it came up because Yu-Gi-Oh has pitched that. And I think it's only fair to give Yu-Gi-Oh the win. <laughs> so we're solving energy. <laughs> and play card games. And even if it's kind of capitalist, they're, they're pretty chill. They just host card game tournaments. They're pretty chill. Some of the later versions of it, are, I don't know if they're capitalist or not, but they're, they're fun. I don't know enough about the later versions and they ride motorcycles and, and do jewels and I'm about that life. That's cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will die horribly when I come off my bike because I tap my mana wrong. <laughs> now, there was an argument that we were just going to like give this prize to the future, but as our card game representative, Jamie, I'm going to hand this prize to you. Yeah. What do I get? <laughs> it's a prize we actually have. It's a, uh, it's a cyborg robot mask looking thing. We'll probably put a picture up on social media or something. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've seen this thing. Bear jump scared me with it on stream. <laughs> 
You win that. <laughs> oh, sweet. Now I can be a Phyrexian. That's well-known Yu-Gi-Oh! That well-known Yu-Gi-Oh! Archetype. That well-known Yu-Gi-Oh! Reference, yeah. No. Now I can be a... Uh, Appliancer, there we go. They're like a vacuum, that's a robot. And a washing machine, that's a robot. There we go. What are you talking about? It's a, it's a Yu-Gi-Oh archetype. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to keep up to date with everything we do, you can follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. And if you'd like to support us financially, you could send us a one-time donation on Ko-Fi, sign up for monthly donations on Patreon, or subscribe to us on Twitch if that's more your speed. Links to all of that will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Well, you'll see us. Well, not see, exactly. Ah, you get the idea. We do know that people can just swim around town like it's no thing from the iconic line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't that Take one. it again. <laughs> <laughs> I had that moment of like, am I actually just going to say this on the episode? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I am, yeah.